commerce, expansion, myths blasted. Successful cross-border expansion help. Listen to the show to hear how one UK company is helping e-commerce sellers successfully expand into Europe and double their profits. Hosted by Andy Hooper of Global E-Commerce Experts. Okay, so welcome to one of our first podcasts. My name is Andy Hooper. I'm from Global E-Commerce Experts based here in the UK. We have got a guest with us this afternoon who's going to talk to us about their expansion to Europe. And really what we're looking to do is on these podcasts is to really help you to expand your brand and your e-commerce store over to Europe. So we're hoping to use some special guests where they're going to come along and give you a bit of what was happened with them, how it's worked for them, rather than hearing from us and saying this is how you should do it. It's always better to hear from someone who's actually done it and we're going to help you with that. Really, the aim is for these to be no more than about 15 minutes. And what will happen is, as we go through this, we'll ask some questions of Dustin in a moment and we'll go from there. So that's going to lead me to nicely to introducing Dustin. Dustin, thank you very much for coming on the podcast today. It's absolutely an absolute pleasure to have you with us. Why don't you just introduce yourself and a bit about your brand? Yeah, thanks for having me, Andy. My name is Dustin Weingartner. I'm with a brand here in the States called Arvin Goods. We're a sock and underwear basics company that produces our products from recycled materials. So we're taking what would or could be waste in a a normal system and converting it back into a raw material that we can use to make commercially sellable product. Fantastic. So, So where did that idea come from? Where was the sort of the birth of that? Yeah, my background is in product development in the in the apparel and accessory space and design and manufacturing. And we've done work with retailers and brands and private label developments and all sorts of different projects. And one of our bigger businesses in the last five or six years has been in the sock and underwear space. It's a it's kind of a trend category with brands and retailers. And and at the same time, as it's on trend right now, it's also one of our most core basics as as humans. You know, a lot of people wear socks and underwear every day. So I had a supply chain, you know, built up to produce the product. And I have been working on the sustainability or low impact material resources or, or projects for a few years. And I kind of just put two and two together and decided that we should kind of build something for ourselves instead of only making it for other people. So that's where Arvin was was born from. Fantastic. And how, so how, how long ago did it start? What was the sort of, you know, was it, yeah. Yeah, we launched the brand publicly with a small Kickstarter in March of 2017, but the brand actually went live to the public, like the website and everything in, in late June of 2017. So it's only about a year old, a little over a year old. And now it's really starting to, you know, get some traction and catch fire. Yeah, fantastic. So the American store, the US side of what you've been doing, you know, how long did you have the US sort of e-commerce platform before? Was it straight from straight into Kickstarter and straight onto the UK as well? No, we didn't. I don't think we actually moved into the UK or we met, you know, the your guys' company until kind of the tail end of 2017. So we had three or four months of activity before we we went into that expansion. And that that expansion actually came via our Amazon store in the US and looking at how we could expand that reach using their infrastructure, but getting it over to, you know, over to other markets because the, the story is really strong. And, you know, we knew that people would, would react well to it. 
Yeah, perfect. So, I mean, the whole Kickstarter thing is massive, isn't it? With brands like Kickstarter, Indiegogo or Indigo. I always get confused. But uh, all, all of yeah. those, I mean, there's lots of brands coming through there, how they're launching their products through there. And that's probably um, another podcast, I suspect. But, um, you yeah, know, that's yeah. really popular at the moment. It's interesting to hear that you've, you've had success with that. Yeah, we, we learned a lot in that process, to be honest. It's, uh, you know, on the outside looking in, you think, oh, it's, it's a Kickstarter. You make something, you put it up, you tell the story, and then uh, all of a sudden people give you a hundred grand. And what, what happened with us was we intended it to be small in, in, from the beginning and it funded in eight days. It did very well considering what we put into it because we learned very quickly that the Kickstarters that have big, big results also spent a lot of money in the marketing side. So it's a, it's a learning process, but it was very successful for us. Okay. So when you were doing that, was, was always the plan always to expand onto, you know, Amazon or e-commerce platforms in, in the EU as well? Or was that just a byproduct of the success of the campaign? A little bit of both. The goal was to expand for sure into other markets because to be honest with you, the, the sustainable apparel initiative, let's call it, or, or culture is much stronger in Europe than it is in America. America is still a little slow to react to what, what we should be doing around this, where Europe, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a big initiative, especially with some of the biggest retailers in the world, like, you know, the CNAs or H&Ms or, or Inditex groups. So we knew that, that what we had would be something that's interesting in the European market, that the goal of the brand from the beginning is to be, you know, our future state is 80% direct-to-consumer revenue. We want to we be, and direct-to-consumer, whether that's even on Amazon or a third-party platform, let's call it, that we're controlling or our website. And then, you know, 20% or so will be in kind of a wholesale retail placement channels. Right, okay. Yeah, fantastic. Now, when you was looking to expand, what were the, the biggest hurdles you had, like before you even sent products to you know, Europe, what were the biggest hurdles that were, or the most biggest challenges, should I say? Yeah, for an American sitting over here, you know, we have our own political uh, challenges right now. But but my first question was, you know, what does Brexit mean? How do we import into the UK? If I have products sitting in the UK, how do I ship it to France or Holland or, you know, any of these other places? So to be honest, when we found you guys, all of that was sort of solved, which made things much simpler for us. Yeah, perfect. I mean, and Brexit, I mean, that's a that's an, another can of worms, should we say? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's another podcast. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely another podcast, and it'll probably change every week until until Brexit actually happens. Um, yeah, and we're doing we're dealing with the same stuff over here with Canada and Mexico and all this stuff. So I think it's going to be a constant uh, challenge for everybody. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, but hey, it makes it just a little bit more exciting, doesn't it? <laughs> Keeps us yeah. on our toes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So where are, you know, if all your products are sourced, if you like, you know, a recyclable and you, where do you get your products from? Are you, are you sourcing them from one place, making them somewhere else? How does that all work? Yeah, we're sourcing materials all over the world. We have some yarns coming from Spain. We have some fabrics coming from Italy. We have yarns and fabrics coming out of China. Most of our manufacturing at this point is all done in China, where we can scale the the manufacturing and the size of it, you know, much faster than than uh, some other markets. So that's where we're manufacturing now. And at this point, almost everything is importing into the U.S. And then we're sort of distributing from here globally. And our goal is to get to the point where we're distributing, you know, direct to some of these other markets, you know, from our sources. 
Yeah, yeah, because then then you haven't got to pay tax twice. You haven't got it. You only got one shipment, and it's reduced costs. Yeah, yeah. But have you still got? Are you still that exactly, point where yeah. it's you're looking at the quality control and making sure that's all right still? Because that's why it's coming to you, because that's a critical part yes. of the whole Chinese. You know. Yeah. Getting exactly. That and it's it's yeah we're we're in that growth stage where we we still are small enough to control everything, and and that's what we're focusing on to make sure it's it's good. Yeah, quite right. Okay, so you, you you had those first questions while at the beginning about Brexit and sending them from one country to the other. We managed to get all those. So you then got products from the states over to over to the UK. How did you go about that? What who did you use? Have you got a someone? You don't have to necessarily name the shipper or so, but have you got a preferred way of you of doing that? Yeah, we used. It's first and first international, I believe, is a is a company that actually was part of the kind of referral program for Amazon, which also led us to you guys. And first so I, I will I do I do need to give credit to Amazon because they catch a lot of bad press. But in this situation, you've got a small brand who's trying to just figure out how to do business in these different markets. And they really do have kind of a, a packaged scenario. It takes some time to figure it out, but they really put us in touch with the right people to be able to, you know, move the product and have it up as fast as possible. Yeah. So um, it was first choice shipping. So between yeah, so first between choice, yeah. first choice shipping and, and us and Amazon, we've got a referral where exactly that your account manager comes along and says, look, you, you guys are doing really well. You should think about expanding. And then they, they work exactly. with us to, to do that. So that's great. So you use them, you get the products over here and... Any so once you got the products here, what would the thought process? FBA, third party, presuming straight into FBA for most stuff you do. Yeah, in this current scenario we're operating under, everything is FBA. It gives us the most control because of what our product is and how it's made and everything. My number one priority at this point is to control the message so that anywhere our product shows up, anytime it's marketed, let's call it, I want to make sure we have control of how it's explained because the the claims we're making around water saving and recycled materials and all these things are very specific. And if if a third party takes control of it and doesn't represent it in the right way, it, it can be risky to the brand. So FBA is the best solution for us right now. It also controls our costing. So um, that's what we're doing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So did you have a particular sort of strategy, if you like, for launching in, in the EU? Or was it a case of off the back of the Kickstarter, let's get it over there and start selling? Have you put a strategy in place to say, you know, in the EU, we want to be doing this. This is how we're going to do it and put something in place. Yeah, to be honest, no. We have a plan to to expand in the EU, but with the size of us at this point and how small we are, I, I wanted to get it in the market. And we had we had a lot of inquiry from Kickstarter. We had a lot of EU purchases, and so we had we have inquiry still on our social media or on our website from people in the EU. And obviously, shipping from here to them one pair of socks or two pairs of socks or underwear is quite expensive. So yeah. putting it up through the Amazon platform gave us a way to deliver to those people without you know astronomical pricing. But I will you know I can tell you that if it if it expands or as it expands and grows, you know, the, this system and Amazon, it, the potential is gigantic, but it's, it, it requires a, a focus. You know, you need an employee focused on, on how to manage and expand these categories. And, and that's what we're, that's kind of our next step to get someone in here that can really focus on this and, and drive it. Yeah. Cause that's the, you know, you're driving one area of the business. You then need somebody else to drive the other area of the business. Cause you can't split yourself in 
10 different ways, unfortunately. Yeah. What, what did you find was the exactly. most sort of the biggest difference between the European market, if you like, and the American market? Now, I appreciate you already said earlier, you felt the European market was better suited to your product to a degree. Just a bit about that. How, you know, what do you think the differences are between the markets? Yeah, I think the for what we're doing, the consumer in Europe is is more informed. There's more information about sustainability and low impact materials and what we're doing to the environment. You know, if you look at places like Scandinavia, the they're making political focus around recycling and things like this. And and Europe as a whole is more informed than the US market. So that naturally created an interest in the market that that we I wanted to capitalize on, obviously. But the biggest challenge, to be honest, as a as a stateside brand, is figuring out you know how to price it and and how to factor in all these currency changes and fluctuations and and you know all that. So it's it's um, <laughs> exactly yeah and VAT and and what am I responsible for? What's the customer responsible for? You know, so that's kind of the headache, as you will, that comes along with it. Yeah. I mean, again, the VAT will have a separate podcast on VAT because that's another interesting <laughs> yeah. topic that we need to nail out because it's a big question. Obviously, we look after the VAT and it's a, it's one of those things where people constantly ask, you know, what's the difference between flat rate, standard rate? What what am I liable for? How do I exactly. price my goods? Yeah, They're pretty simple questions, but actually it's not necessarily a simple answer. So, uh, and I think no. you've just alluded to that. <laughs> No, and, and yeah, not to turn this into a, you know, commercial for you guys, but that was actually made very easy by your team as well. And that they just simply explained, you know, here's your options. And and if you think you're going to do X volume of sales, do this. If you're, if you're going to stay under this number, then do this and it, it'll keep it really clean and simple and we can, you know, settle it quarterly and, and your risks are low. And that's, that's the key at this point is because I, I don't want to take any risks in another market where I'm, you know, liable for something. No, quite right. So is there any sort of myths you've come across about the whole Europe thing? Yeah, you know, I've heard some over the past, but is there anything specific you came across of oh, when you expand to Europe, they owe this and that? You know, is there any sort of myths you came across? No, I haven't had any issues. I do have, you know, to be fair, my background in this business, I've worked with multiple European companies. So I have some experience. I wasn't I wasn't coming into this completely blind to to what was happening. So it actually went fairly smooth. And at this point, we need to get I'm at the point where we're about to go into the holidays and we need to get some expanded product up over there. And so it needs some work on my side. But no, nothing, nothing too crazy. Yeah. Okay. Now, so if you had, so this is like my key bit really is, you know, if you've got one piece of advice you'd give someone that's looking to expand, you know, one thing that, you know, you need to do this or you need to, you know, think about this before you expand, what would it be? What's that sort of, what I'd call a critical success factor to making that happen? Yeah, it's it's having the right partner. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's finding someone like you guys who can who can simplify what is a, a gigantic puzzle for someone who's coming from another country trying to figure out you know these that like you said all these details of VAT and import export once it's in the UK and I sell it to Spain what happens you know it's <laughs> yeah. uh, so unless an entrepreneur like me has the time to go uh, figure all this out on their own, then the best decision you can make is find a partner who can take care of it for you. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, that's taking the shortcuts. Use the shortcuts exactly. to help you, yeah. Just on the different, going from the different countries, I'm presuming, I'm guessing, I think you can tell us better, that your Amazon account manager helped you with the translation and things. How did you come across that? How did that work for you? Yeah, they, the, the Amazon EU team helps you set all that up. So I think, to be honest, I think they use, you know, like AI. I think it's literally, they feed your, your US information through a, a bot that converts it into Spanish or French or German or whatever it is. And then they load it up and, and yeah, then it's live. It's very easy and quick, actually. It's sort of a little bit Google Translate sort of translation is from what I've yeah. come across. Have you done Quite any? literal. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Have you done any added changes to that or have you just left it as it is? No, we've left it as it is at this point. Yeah. Some people I've talked to have then gone and changed it. But um, I think Google Translation works really well. So, yeah, fair play. Okay, brilliant. Well, I think we've sort of covered a lot of information there. First of all, I really want to say thank you very much for giving up your very valuable time to help other people and share your knowledge. Is there anything else you wanted to, you know, advice you wanted to give to anyone else or anything specific you thought of that would be key for people to know? Yeah, I don't think I have anything specific other than to, you know, we do, no matter what the the politics of the day are, we do live in this kind of global market. And there are these platforms such as what you guys are providing or Amazon is providing that can allow you to get your brand into these other markets that traditionally would have, you know, you would have had to spend a lot to get your brand up on, on a, in a European marketplace. So yeah, I would, I would say, you know, explore them and, and take advantage of them and, you know, grow your brand as you can. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. Now, if people want to hear more from you or see more about your brand, Dustin, what can they do? How can they get in touch with you? Yeah, Arvin Goods, A-R-V-I-N-G-O-O-D-S.com, Arvin Goods. And it's the same on Instagram, at Arvin Goods. And they can they can check out our collections there. They can send us emails or interact with us through direct message on our social feeds. So, yeah, we'd love to see uh, see you in the in the interweb. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, thank you very much. You know, we really appreciate your time. For you know, for, there'll be another podcast coming very soon on how to expand your business into Europe. Uh, we've got, obviously got our social media stuff. Then get in contact with us, global e-commerce experts. But really, thank you very much for Dustin for an amazing time and giving up his valuable experience both from what he's been doing now and from his previous experience before where he's used to coming into Europe so thank you very much absolutely appreciate your time and we'll catch up with you again uh, another time thanks Andy e-commerce expansion myths blasted successful cross-border expansion help listen to the show to hear how one UK company is helping e-commerce sellers successfully expand into Europe and double their profits hosted by Andy Hooper of global e-commerce experts